What is up, everybody? I'm Milan Jordan. Welcome to the MMA Daily Blitz, part of the DSP Media Podcast Network. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check out our YouTube page, and you can follow me on Twitter at Milan Jordan. The MMA Daily Blitz is presented by BetUS.com. Bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for a 125% bonus using promo code DSP125 or a 200% bonus with crypto using promo code DSP200 and bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BetUS.com. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. All right, the UFC returned to pay-per-view back at the Big Apple in Madison Square Garden in NYC, UFC 281. And, and of course, it was a night to remember. Alex Pajeda is the new UFC middleweight champion. And this is similar to the Leon edwards Kamara Usman fight back at UFC uh, 278. Israel Adesanya, he wasn't as dominant as Usman was but uh, in this fight, but he was clearly winning on the scorecards. Uh, Pajeda was rocked at the end of round one. Uh, Adesanya was on his way to finishing the fight, but the bell sounded. Pajeda was, you know, was saved by the bell. Uh, just a few more seconds, and the late, the fight was likely over, but it wasn't. Well, Pajeda came back to win a second round, and then uh, Adesanya won the third and fourth. Now fast forward to the fifth and final round. Again, Adesanya was up three rounds to one on all the judges' scorecards. Uh, Pajeda went into the final round knowing that he needed a finish. He needed a knockout to win the fight. Well, and that's exactly what he did. In round five, Pajeda pressed forward looking for the kind of power shot that uh, ends so many of his fights, uh, like I said on a preview for this card. And with Adesanya pinned against the fence, uh, he did find one. Uh, the champion was clearly rocked, and Pajeda swarmed, firing off a barrage of powerful shots, leaving Adesanya with nowhere to go. And referee Mark Goddard had no choice but to stop the fight. Uh, the final round lasted just two minutes, one second. In that time, Pajeda landed 28 significant strikes compared to just nine for Israel Adesanya. Uh, look, Adesanya fought exceptionally well for more than 20 minutes, but it was Pajeda's power. It was too much to deal with, uh, proving to be the ultimate difference maker in this title fight. And as I mentioned in the preview, Pajeda just has that one-punch knockout power. So powerful, powerful fight uh, punches. And he just, you know, was able to make it to the fifth round and then utilize his power. He was a desperate fighter in the fifth round because he knew that he had to knock out uh, Izzy Adesanya to win the fight. And that's exactly what he did. So uh, Dana White said after the fight that he wouldn't rule out an immediate rematch uh, with these two. And it makes sense because, you know, look, Adesanya had essentially cleaned out the middleweight division before this fight. And, you know what, he was three minutes away from winning the fight. But Pajeda's one-punch power proved to be the difference and. Uh, for that reason, I think that Israel Adesanya is deserving an immediate rematch. And and for uh, Alex Pajeda, you know, look, he was the fourth-ranked middleweight. This is his fourth UFC fight, so, you know, he's ascended quickly. Part of the reason maybe he got this fight is because of his past history with Israel Adesanya back when they were both uh, kickboxers. And, by the way, Pajeda won both of those fights, but those are kickboxing matches. A lot different than MMA, but same kind of deal last time they fought uh, in kickboxing. Uh, Adesanya was winning the fight, and then Pajeda just you know, a quick finish uh, knocked him out. And again, Pajeda has that one strike power just to finish a fight at any time. Uh, if Pajeda's uh, first title defense isn't against Israel Adesanya, 
Uh, that maybe it would be against another former champ, Robert Whitaker. That's if Robert Whitaker gets past Paulo Costa at UFC in uh, 284 in February in Australia. And uh, I'll touch base on that card a little bit later. Now, after the fight, Adesanya pointed out where things started to go wrong for him in the fifth round, uh, saying that when Pejeda landed a calf kick early in the round, that started to turn the tide in this bout. Uh, he said, uh, quote, I hit my perineal nerve and saying that th that's why his footwork was compromised. Uh, he said, um, you know, that's what messed him up as far as like being able to stay on his feet. He just tripped over very easily. Uh, but at the same time, he did uh, give kudos to Alex Pajeda for, you know, investing in those calf kicks, uh, if he was, he said, uh, because it did end up uh, costing Adesanya the fight. Uh, and he said and went on to say, Quote, it was just my leg. My leg gave away, and it was really annoying. But again, kudos to him because he invested the, in those. I did, the, I did the same thing to hit to him. His leg is messed up, but he just got me better. It was hard for me to attack with my wrestling because I was compromised because of his investment with the calf kicks. He said, trust me, when I had him, I'm dangerous on the ground. People just don't realize that. But I was compromised early on, end, uh, end quote. And again, that's what you do. I mean, you 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 take away. You knock at the base. You take away those kicks by doing those vicious calf kicks because not only does it take away some of the leg kicks uh, from that fighter, but also uh, um, it messes with their base and it maybe not have as much of a stable base. So that's what Pejeda did. End up knocking out Israel Adesanya to become the new UFC middleweight champion. All right, Coleman events. Well, there was uh, another change of uh, hands, uh, titled hands here as well as uh, Zhang Weili, uh, she defeated Kala Esparza by rear naked choke early in the second round. Uh, Zhang Weili, uh, again, she's now a two-time UFC strawweight champion uh, after submitting Esparza in the second round. Uh, with the victory, the Chinese standout became the third consecutive champion to hold the title twice, joining Carla Esparza and then the woman that Esparza beat for the title, Rose Namayunas. Now, look, the first round, uh, it was a hectic mix of like st some striking and grappling. Both fighters had their moments. Early in the second hand, it was a right hand from Zhang that seemed to stun Carla Esparza. Uh, and then when Esparza shot in for a takedown, uh, Zhang utilized her excellent takedown defense. Uh, she sprawled well and then quick, quickly advanced to a crucifix position, uh, fishing arm under the neck and forcing Esparza to tap. Uh, just an outstanding performance from uh, the now two-time champion uh, who picks up her second stoppage win of 2022. And Zhang Weili improves to 23-3 and overall with that victory. And again, she is the new uh, UFC women's strawweight champion. Now, as for what's next for uh, Zhang Weili, well, why not Rose Namajunas? Look, the strawweight division, we know it's loaded at the top, so that's why we keep seeing some of the same title fights. But if you think about it, who else is really worthy of a title fight? Maybe Amanda Lemos, who's coming off a win over Marina, uh, Marina Rodriguez a couple weeks ago. Uh, it, that's if the UFC wants a fresh face in a title picture. Maybe she needs one more win before she gets in that, but who knows? But Zhang and Thug Rose, they have fought twice. Uh, Nama Yunus won both contests, but the second fight was close, so why not a trilogy? Uh, look, Rose Nama Yunus is a very popular fighter. Uh, Zhang is hopeful that when she does return to the octagon to defend her title, it's going to be a pay-per-view in her native China early next year, and which wouldn't be out of the question if you think about it. I mean, the UFC has made some inroads uh, in China, significant inroads, holding quite a few events there and even building a performance institute in Shanghai. Then uh, there have been a fair number of Chinese fighters on a UFC roster, but there has never been a pay-per-view in China. So maybe uh, Wei Li Zhang will headline the first over there. 
she is easily by far the most successful Chinese fighter in the UFC. So you can see where it would make sense that she would headline the promotion's first pay-per-view in China. So we shall see. All right, third fight of the night in the middle of the main card, one that a lot of people were were really anxious to see, myself included. Uh, one of the more anticipated fights, the most anticipated fight on this card, maybe one of the most in a while. And it was Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler in a lightweight matchup. And look, in this fight, shocker, it delivered. Why not? Of course it did. Uh, the first round saw both fighters landing bombs and catching them in return through the entire five minutes. Something that they're both known for, throwing haymakers, and they'll be able to take a punch as well. Uh, Georgia's, uh, judges scored the first round for uh, Dustin Poirier. Chandler uh, ended up controlling the second round uh, following an early takedown. Uh, the fight was tied one round apiece heading into the third. Uh, there was a scramble early in the third where Poirier landed on Chandler's back, and then he eventually uh, sunk in a rear naked choke, ending the fight at two minutes of round number three. And again, this fight lived up to the hype. Very entertaining scrap that we're all expecting to see and hoping for. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler are on a short list of toughest fighters in the UFC. Absolute warriors. What a fight. Uh, now, Dustin Poirier, he came into this fight as a number two ranked lightweight contender. So a title fight could be next for him against the winner of Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. More on that later. Or perhaps uh, a rematch against Charles Oliveira who choked out Poirier when they last fought uh, this past December. So uh, some interesting uh, things ahead uh, ahead for Dustin Poirier. As for Michael Chandler, he falls to 2-3 and three in the UFC, but all five of his fights have been extremely entertaining, win or lose. Since he's not close to a title contention at this point, why not have him fight Conor McGregor? If Conor ever returns to the octagon, people if people are lukewarm to uh, a McGregor return, if they're kind of tired of the whole Conor McGregor show at this point and the uh, and a drama and all that, uh, Michael Chandler could be the perfect foil to generate the interest we've accustomed to seeing uh, in a buildup to a Conor McGregor fight. So Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, that would be one hell of a fight if that uh, would ever come to be. All right, checking out the rest of the main card. Chris Gutierrez scored the biggest one of his career Saturday night, knocking out uh, legend Frank Frankie Edgar in the first round with a vicious, perfectly placed knee. Uh, look, Gutierrez was the quicker, sharper man from the jump. Uh, stinging Frankie Edgar in the early exchanges and picking him apart uh, from range, getting his reads. And when Edgar stepped in, uh, Gutierrez planted a, a, a beautiful knee right on a button, knocked Frankie Edgar out. Uh, an absolute perfect performance by Chris Gutierrez, who has now won four fights in a row and is unbeaten over his last eight. He's quickly moving up the Bantamweight division rankings. And afterwards, uh, to add uh, more to this, uh, uh, Chris Gutierrez admitted that uh, he was battling a lot of emotions in this fight with his mother. Uh, he's She's fighting cancer, as well as his head coach, Mark Montoya, who's also diagnosed with cancer in his kidney. But uh, Montoya still made it to the fight to be able to corner Chris Gutierrez on Saturday night. Meanwhile, as for Frankie Edgar, uh, this was his last fight uh, in MMA. He announced ahead of time that this was going to be his retirement fight. He's from uh, New Jersey and fighting in Madison Square Garden for his uh, swan song in MMA inside the octagon uh he's a former ufc lightweight champion of course a future hall of famer uh not surprisingly he was very classy in defeat uh when addressing the crowd from the octagon and uh following his uh was now his retirement fight uh he said that he loves this sport he didn't want to go out like that but he said he's, he had his family there and that's all that matters congratulations to chris this sport's not always so forgiving uh but again frankie edgar 
uh, fighting his last fight in the UFC coming up uh, short in the loss to Chris Gutierrez. Uh, the opening fight on the main card, it was uh, Dan Hooker defeating Claudio Puelas by TKO body kick late in round number two. Uh, in the opening round, Hooker uh, patiently attempted some leg locks, taking his time to make sure he had the correct moves and counter moves to avoid getting submitted himself. Uh, in the second, Dan Hooker ended up using his range to his advantage, clearly hurting uh, Puelas. Every time Hooker would call him back to his feet and stick another kick in the, in the side into his guts and then send him back to the ground. Uh, the third time this happened, the referee stopped in to uh, stop the fight. Uh, Dan, Dan Hooker's win and snaps a two-fight skid while Claudio Puelas sees his five-fight win streak come to an end. And, of course, because this fight was in uh, New York City, Madison Square Garden, the prelims uh, had some good fights as well. Of note from that, uh, Hanato Moicano defeated Brad Waddell by submission uh, via rear naked choke, uh, rear naked choke at 320 of the of round one. Uh, look, uh, Moicano dominated Brad Waddell, uh, busting him up on the feet in the early stages of the round uh, before initiating a grappling exchange, taking the back, and then eventually uh, securing the fight-ending choke. Uh, Moicano has now won three of his last four, his only loss in that stretch, uh, coming in a short-notice five-round fight against former lightweight champ Rafael Dos Anjos back in March at UFC 272. Uh, after fighting at featherweight, Moicano may have found a home at 155. Uh, also on the prelims, uh, Ryan Spann, well, he defeated Dominic Reyes by knockout, vicious left hand at 120 of round number one. Uh, again, this is a quick fight. It was a violent fight. As, as quick as it was, it was violent in that minute 20. Uh, Span hurt Reyes early, put him down for good with a clean left hand. Uh, these two guys, they did come out swinging. Every shot, though, that Ryan Span threw really hurt uh, Dominic Reyes, and that's why the fight only took uh, 80 seconds uh, on Saturday night. Also on the prelims, uh, Aaron Blanchfield, she ran through Molly McCann, slowing down the meatball hype train with a blistering first-round finish. Uh, Blanchfield showing that she was more than capable of standing with Meatball Molly before scooping uh, McCann into the air and then dropping her to the canvas and then never letting her back on her feet. Uh, after smashing away from a mounted crucifix for over a minute, uh, Blanchfield went in for Kimura, uh, eventually forcing Molly McMahon to tap late in the round. Uh, Blanchfield, she's just 23 years old. She's now 4-0 in the UFC, 10-1 and in her MMA career, and is looking more and more like a potential title 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 challenger uh, with every appearance. And, uh, and again, Molly McCann is still a fan favorite, very popular fighter. Uh, her future is certainly bright, but Erin uh, Blanchfield, she was definitely the star uh, on this night, Saturday, in New York City. All right, taking a look at some news and notes. Sad news on Sunday, we learned the uh, that An Anthony Rumble Johnson passed away at the age of 38 after battling a lengthy illness. Uh, Rum Anthony Rumble Johnson last fought for Bellator. Uh, he was previously a two-time UFC title challenger. Uh, in his career, uh, Rumble Johnson was 23-6 and six with 17 of those victories by way of KO or TKO. Uh, Rumble's last fight was back in May of 2021. Uh, in September 2021, Johnson posted on Instagram asking for prayers that he was in a battle, but uh, recently Johnson's manager spoke to ESPN saying that Johnson was, quote, going through some health problems right now and that he wasn't doing well. Uh, but, and again, there was a huge outpouring of sympathy and love on social media following the news of Rumble Johnson's death on Sunday afternoon uh, from fighters, including those who fought Rumble Johnson, like Daniel Cormier, 
uh, also MMA media and others. Uh, Rumble Johnson was very well liked, very well respected by his peers. Uh, and again, uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson dead at the age of 38. John Jones has been toiling away, well, for months and years, it seems like, in preparation for his long-awaited heavyweight debut, That whenever that would be. People were hoping it was going to go down later this year, but unfortunately, plans they haven't faced Francis Ngannou or Stipe Miocic never came together. And according to UFC President Dana White, Jones versus Miocic was never even discussed. And, you know, he said, uh, Dana White said this at the UFC 281 post-fight press conference that, uh, Oh, John Jones, he will fight next year for sure. We never had a Stipe John Jones fight. That was the one fight that was talked about throughout. Like initially, it was he would you know, that John Jones would fight Francis Ngannou, and then Francis Ngannou is, is waiting out his contract. So then a John Jones Stipe Miacic fight uh, seemed to uh, be the uh, the fight that was going to happen when John Jones would make his heavyweight debut. But we're not close to that or any John Jones fight happening. So we'll see. But again. With Francis Ngannou still preparing to leave the UFC and Stipe Miocic, he's content to retire uh, if the promotion doesn't uh, take care of him properly in his eyes. Uh, it's a big question of who Jones could face when he, if and when he does fight in 2023. Look, Johnny Bones Jones hasn't fought since a unanimous decision victory over Dominic Reyes back in February 2020. Yeah, pre-pandemic, okay? That's how long it's been since we've seen John Jones inside the octagon. So we'll see what happens. If he comes back next year, great. It's going to be a huge, huge event. If he doesn't, he doesn't. All right, with the UFC again being in the Big Apple, the organization has some announcements to make. Uh, UFC 284, it's set for February in Perth, Australia. And the main event is a champion versus champion fight for the lightweight belt. Newly crowned UFC lightweight champion Islam Makachev will face reigning UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, Makachev, you remember, captured the undisputed UFC lightweight title with a submission win over Charles Oliveira last month at UFC 280 in Abu Dhabi. Uh, it was Makachev's 11th straight win inside the octagon and gave him an opportunity to call out his next opponent. Well, that's when Makachev uh, called out Alexander Volkanovsky, who was sitting cage side and called, the, called out the UFC featherweight champ to, uh, to fight in Australia. Well, he gets his wish. Now, look, Volkanovski, of course, he was in attendance at UFC 280 as a potential main event backup. Uh, and, of course, he accepted the challenge like, practically immediately. Uh, the 145-pound king is coming off his third and most dominant win over Max Holloway and is now 12-0 since joining the UFC back in 2016. Uh, Volkanovski is, is one of, if not the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the sport right now. Uh, so it would make sense for Volkanovski to uh, take another challenge and step up in competition and try and claim a move up a weight class and try and claim a second belt. Now UFC 284 does remain a work in progress. Again, it's like what three months out. Uh, but uh, the upcoming Australia card is also expected to feature a middleweight clash and another Aussie uh, former UFC champion, Robert Whitaker against Brazilian powerhouse, Paulo Costa. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Whitaker could be in line for a title shot with the win, whether he's the first title defense for newly crowned champ Alex Pajeda, or if he go, ends up going against the winner of an immediate rematch between Pajeda and Israel Adesanya. And just before featherweight champ Alexander Volkanovsky attempts to become the latest champ champ, uh, Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett will fight for an interim UFC featherweight title on that same UFC 284 card. And again, UFC 284 
takes place February 12th in Perth, Western Australia. Now, due to the time difference, the pay-per-view card will actually air here in the U.S. on February 11th, but over in Australia will take place on uh, Sunday, February 12th. Uh, during fight week for UFC 281, a formal announcement was made on the launch of Power Slap. And again, in case you're wondering, what is Power Slap, you ask? Well, from the press release, it's a sanctioned and regulated combat sport focused on competitive open-handed striking. We already know that Power Slap was formed by Dana White, former UFC owner Lorenzo Paquita, and Craig Pillian uh, in a partnership with the UFC and the UFC's parent company, Endeavor. The sport Power Slap will launch with an eight-episode series that will air on TBS in early 2023, uh, where athletes will compete to earn a spot in the cast house, the first Power Slap rankings, and future Power Slap matches and world recognition. Uh, also from the press release, Dana White said he's been working on this since 2017 and feels like this could be really big. Uh, they have gotten it to, to get sanctioned by the Nevada State Athletic Commission with defined rules, rankings, and weight classes. So, and and looking at some of the hype video they had for this, uh, looks like since it was sanctioned in uh, by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, uh, the slap fight, you know, matches will take place. Power slap matches will take place uh, at the UFC Apex, and and they're saying uh, in the press release talking about like a cast house, almost like an Ultimate Fighter type thing. So. Uh, look out for Power Slap early next year. Before then, we got some fights this weekend. UFC Fight Night Vegas uh, it takes place on Saturday night. You can check it out on ESPN+. Plus. The main event has Derek Lewis taking on Sergey Spivak in the main event, a fight in the heavyweight division. Uh, but on Friday night, you got Bellator 288 in Chicago. The main event is Vadim Nenkov taking on Corey Anderson for the light heavyweight championship. Uh, these two fought back in April at Bellator 268. Uh, it was a fight that was declared no contest due to an accidental accidental clash of their heads. Their heads butted, literally. So that left Nemkov with a bad cut above his left eyebrow and a fight to be stopped at 455 of the third round. Uh, that was the final of the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix, but again, uh, that ended up being uh, a no contest. So Corey Anderson will look to... Uh, uh, get Bellator gold come cold comes uh, Friday night, excuse me, against Vanim Nemkov. The co-main event has Patricky Pitbull taking on Usman Nurmagomedov in a lightweight championship fight. All right, folks, that'll do it for this latest edition of the MMA Daily, Daily Blitz. By all means, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Milan Jordan, the MMA Daily Blitz, is presented by BetUS.com and is part of the DSP Media Podcast Network. Thank you once again for checking it out. I will talk to you later.